You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the success line. You are about to hear an amazing story from um, an amazing individual. And I'm just meeting Phil for the first time. He is actually one of our clients at Brand Builders Group, but he and I have never conversed. And I don't know what his question is going to be or what it is going to be about, but I know enough, just a little bit of what I've, I have found and, and uh, heard about him from our team, uh, that this is going to be a, a powerful conversation. And um, so, Phil, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rory. I am so unbelievably grateful to be here with you. Uh, it truly is an honor. Um, you, you're coming across your program has truly, truly changed my life. And I'm so excited about our conversation today. Wow, man, that, that makes me feel good. How, how did you find me? I'm just curious, like, uh, originally, how did you hear about our sure. team? So, you know, back in like 2014 or so, you know, I, I started listening to podcasts and Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas uh, oh, yeah. was one of my favorites. And I would listen to him all the time. Um, and then I stopped for a little while um, and I'll get into, you know, maybe back to this part, but it was just ironic how I was taking a trip to Tahoe with my wife and she said, what do you want to listen to, babe? And so I said, let's just go to this website and just pick up pick one of the podcasts and she happened to pick, <laughs> had to pick one with you and everything you were talking about in terms of priority dilution and she hands wall and learning how to, mm. to break through um, and getting the problem that you solved down to one word resonated with me so much. And I was thinking about it that entire weekend. And at the end of the podcast, you offered a you know, free call and, and I, I made a note to do that right when I got home and I did that and uh, I signed up and literally within the first couple of videos going through the brand DNA helix, that, those types of things, I realized exactly what I'm called to do. And it wow. was so rewarding to, to, to finally figure that out. Well, thank you for that. I love hearing that. Um, I'm a longtime fan of John Lee Dumas as his success magazine has, has had a relationship with him over the years and, and we love him. And, um, I think it's, uh, tell us your story. Um, I, I, I want to, before we get into your question, I, I want, I want to hear the story because, uh, it moved me to, um, hear a little bit of it. So if you're, if you're comfortable, give us, give us a little bit of the backstory here. Absolutely. 
Um, so really my entire career has been around sales. Um, my, I come from a sales family. Sales is something I've always been super successful about. Um, mm. I've mostly worked for SaaS organizations, um, but really, you know, became very successful as an individual contributor, but leading others was really where I shine the brightest. And you know, I'm really very much a, a servant hearted leader, but in the back of my mind, I, I've always felt like a larger calling to serve others in, 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 a, in a bigger capacity. But you know, I never really knew what that was. So I kind of just let it sit there because I didn't want to force it and figured that one day it would somehow reveal itself to me. Um, and so back in like 2014, 2015, as I was saying, I was listening to the podcast and he was inter interviewing a gentleman named Josh Ship, And Josh essentially spoke at schools and she was sharing his story in an effort to inspire and influence kids. I know Josh. That's funny. I know Josh. Yeah. So and I was like, you can make a living speaking at schools. Like I, I, did, I had <laughs> no idea. And, you know, I, I owned a business at the time um, and I would work with some, some kids that came from kind of like a halfway house. Cause I was a little bit of a wild child as a kid. Um, and then I would hire them and just basically part-time and, you know, through those relationships, you know, I was able to, to really help them. You know, I, I remember getting letters and emails from parents and teachers a couple of years down the road saying, what did you do? You know, how did you, what did you say to my child to, to affect them the way that you did? And, you know, that just spoke to me so much more and made me feel so much mm. more joy than money ever could. So I, I spoke to my brother and my brother happens to run Tony Robbins company. So he all coaching and product sales. He's in charge of all that. He had some connections out in San Diego and I was in South Florida at the time. So he said, let, you know, come on out here. I can help you out. So I actually sold that business, flew out to live with my brother temporarily. And a couple of months after I arrived, uh, I received a call from my ex-wife and she told me that our 14 year old son and his close friend were missing. Uh, so uh, the story mm -hmm. is, you know, my son Perry who was my only child um, was last seen on July 24th, leaving the Jupiter inlet on a 19 foot single engine fishing boat. Um, there was a, a powerful fast moving storm that was carrying winds at excess of 40 miles an hour, really heavy rains. And uh, after several unsuccessful attempts to reach the boys, the proper authorities were notified. And one of the largest searches in the history of the United States Coast Guard ensued. Um, that search lasted seven excruciating days, all unfolding on Good Morning America, CNN, and other national news mm -hmm. outlets. Uh, neither of the boys were ever found. And exactly what happened at sea that day still remains unclear. Um, but you know, on about the fifth day of the search, when I was you know, pretty confident that I'd never see my son again. I, I went into a back room and I laid down on my face and I'm, I'm a Christian and I started praying and I said, okay, God, um, thank you. I don't know why I'm saying thank you, but I know that your word says to thank you in all things. And I believe that someday you will, you will make this great. Um, mm. So, you know, I, I kind of, you know, it's been almost six years since that event occurred and um, about February of this year with COVID, you know, and everything, so many people lost so many loved ones so suddenly without proper goodbyes or proper burials. Um, yeah. 
a very similar situation that I went through. So I just felt this need. So I posted this, this post on Facebook about finding the antidote to personal suffering. And again, the sheer number of responses I'd received from others who let me know that my words had helped them, again, filled me with that same joy. Uh, again, you know, far greater than anything that I was doing at the time. I was actually a, a VP of sales for an international technology company. Um, and I decided to step down and to per now really f fully pursue this calling that's been in me because, you know, as you say, and I learned so much from you, Rory, you know, that we're always most powerfully positioned to serve the person we once were, you know, mm. and I know that there are so many people out there that are hurting and suffering. Um, so, uh, you know, I want to find out, you know, really, the, the, and I think the other thing, the other thing that really stuck with me that I learned from you is that the calling inside of this, inside of us is really just the cries of others who need to hear your message. Mm -hmm. um, so now I want to, you know, pursue this in an effort to, to help other people. So I'm really Man. just getting started. Um, but you know, I mean, I, Phil, that is a, I mean, man i am i am so sorry about your son and I, i'm in astonishment and um adoration of your response I, I don't know if you've ever heard this but the 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 term adore means to see the god in another and i i'm in adoration of your response because I don't know that I would be able to have that same response if something happened to one of my kids. I mean, that is, uh, you know, you're right. I mean, it is, it's, you know, be thankful in all things, but when that happens, I just, I can't, I can't imagine. And, and, um, we do believe that. And we believe, you know, those two things that you mentioned, um, we say that all the time, you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were the calling that you feel inside is the result of a signal that's being sent out by someone else. And one of the reasons we believe that's true is because it's like, what other explanation could there be? I mean, <laughs> like how, what other explanation could there be for such visceral pain than an understanding of the idea that the pain that we're all going through is preparing us to become the person that we must become to serve someone else in the future. And, um, so, wow, man, I, I'm, thank you for sharing that. I, that's a very honest and, you know, vulnerable. I, I, um, so, so out of that, you decided that this is it, that this is what you're supposed to spend your life doing. Yes, very much so. And, you know, I'm, again, so grateful for the time that I spent in the word prior to all of this, you know, just a short, a short, you know, uh, a rabbit trail, if you might, if I might be able to say like, so when I got saved, I remember telling my friends and talking to my friends about it. And they would say things like, that's great, Phil. But you really believe people live to be 800 years old. You really believe that someone lived in the belly of a whale for three days. Like you, you believe that. And I hated that so much that I couldn't answer that question with, with, with solid information instead of just saying, hey, it's something I feel. So that led me to start studying apologetics. And the more I studied, the more I realized the Bible is so much more than just a book. I mean, there's, there's too many numbers and dates and coincidences for it not to be real. If I didn't have that knowledge, I may have turned my back on God, but I yeah. knew that there is one. So I knew I needed to follow his word. So tell me about 
your business. Sure. Um, and tell me about, and then, and then, yeah, I guess like, what's your, what's your, what is your question? Cause I mean, clearly you're going to be speaking from, you know, this, this place of tragedy that you've gone through, obviously have a very strong faith. Uh, that's going to be a part of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, as you roll it into the actual business conversation, what, I guess, like, where are you at with that business? And, and like, what's the biggest issue that the, that the business part is facing right now? Sure. Um, so I'm, again, I'm pretty much just getting started. Um, okay. but I believe that, you know, I am called to speak. So my primary business model will be speaking. Um, okay. I, I also would like to eventually work one-on-one with people and, you know, coach them through any type of post-traumatic growth, um, through all the things that I've learned and that you've, the, the, you know, the actionable takeaways that I know that others can apply that can help them get through these difficult times. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I just wanted to get started. So I started applying to TEDx's around, around the country. I, I okay. actually have my first interview tomorrow. Um, so I'm super excited about that. And so my question is mostly around the content. Like, how do I, how can I take these things that I've learned and develop that captivating content and let's say for the purposes of this conversation, make an awesome TEDx talk. And I, yeah. I know that you've done that once before. I think with someone with the very exact same name as myself. Oh, well, I, the, um, so yeah, well, let me, let me, let me say something there. Um, Phil, uh, I would actually recommend that you do not do a TEDx talk. Okay. Um, because I don't think you're ready for it yet. Okay. Uh, the 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 TED stage is not a place that you want to go to experiment with new content. It's not a place that you want to go to test a hypothesis. It is where you want to go when you're ready to deliver a conclusion. Okay. It is it is a place uh, and and this is a common mistake. Um I'm going to call I'm going to call it a mistake just as the way that I I see it that when, um, you know, people have this great story, which you have, you have all the makings of building a great business and certainly one day being an amazing Ted talk. Um, but a lot of people, they have that and they want to immediately jump to like, okay, how do I, how do I make this all happen fast? And so they go, oh, I, I'm a, I need a literary agent or I need a speaker's bureau. I need a, I need to get a movie deal. Or I need a TV show or I need a Ted talk. Cause those are the things that we see and we kind of associate like global impact with some of these things. And, and in many cases that's true, but it is very possible in any business. Um, this just so, so happens to be personal branding, which I know something about to do the right thing at the wrong time or to do the right, the, the right thing in the wrong order. Um, if you're going to get a shot, which, you know, if you stick at it long enough, you will get a shot at it, you know, at a Ted, at a Ted stage, you want to make sure that what you're delivering there is well-refined, polished, you know, mm-hmm. battle tested, it's poked holes in it. You've massaged it. It's been challenged. It's been, you know, constantly just, um, you know, whittled on and that you, when you step out on the stage, you have, you have no doubt that this is going to take off because you've already, you've already tested it. It's kind of like, you know, when a comedian goes out on tour, 
they're not testing out jokes when they're on tour. They've been testing those jokes in small comedy clubs for years. Mm. And then when they go out on tour, it seems almost like they're making it up for the first time, but they've put years and years into that act. Um, and that's how you want your you know, first traditionally published book to be in your TEDx talk and, and that. Now, it doesn't discount the importance and the relevance of your question, which is how do I create the content? That is a great question. Um, and, and I would say that is, that's the right question. The right question is how do I create this awesome thing? And you got to spend some time developing the awesome thing before you, you go out and tell the whole, the world about this awesome thing, because sometimes you only get one shot. And if you, if you, you know, if you fire too early, you know, you kind of, you kind of miss the shot. Uh, you know, here's another thing is national TV. People always are, are asking, they say, Hey Rory, you know, like how do I get featured and, you know, good morning America or like, you know, and it's like, you don't want that yet. I know that you, we, we all think we do and it's great if it kind of happens. Right. But it's like, you're not ready for it. You're not even set up you don't even have the system set up to capture the full benefit of, of an exposure like that happening. Um, so, you know, I, I think the real, the, the place for you to really focus is who am I serving? What are they struggling with? What am I equipped to help them with? And how can I develop a true system to help people overcome that. And that's the, that's the place, that's the place that you're in right now. And then the other thing that I would be thinking about, so we can have that conversation. The other thing that I'd be thinking about is how do I build my own audience and start growing my own audience and building my own following? And, 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 you know, everybody thinks it's like, um, you know, oh, why is it worth doing if there's only, you know, three people who see my Facebook post? But um, I love what my friend Sean Cannell says. He says, you have to use your season of obscurity to prepare you for your season of popularity. Use your season of obscurity to prepare yourself for your season of popularity. And, um, you know, so that's that's where I think it's like build your own audience work on this content, refine this. And then when the time comes, we'll send you out to the world and you'll be, and you'll be ready. And what happens, what happens is one day people will go, where did this guy come from? Like, how have I, how have I never heard of this? And, and, you know, they'll say, Oh my gosh, it's an overnight success. Look at how fast, you know, look how fast Brene Brown is blowing up. Look how fast Simon Sinek is blowing up. Look how fast Rachel Hollis is blowing up. And it's like, no, 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 no. This was years of stuff going on. And so, you know, that's where, that's the season that you're in right now. Um, and that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful season. And, and you know, so I want to give you, not just you, but everyone listening, permission to embrace this season of obscurity and the small audience and the intimate setting to really ex- explore this. But we, we can certainly talk about how to create the great content. Okay. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And I, I, I would definitely immediately bow to your better knowledge. Um, I, I kind of felt the same way, but I think just being a type A personality, you know, and looking to just go out there and just make something happen as opposed to just sitting around waiting for something is just always 
been part of the guy that I've, I am. And so, I love that. I mean, yeah. I do love, I do love that. Don't get rid of that instinct just because there's this one thing that I don't, you know, I'm, I'm suggesting is not cause we do want to take, we want to take massive action. Um, but it's like, you know, it's, it's doing the right, the right things in the right sequence. Uh, and that makes perfect sense. So then I would say, you know, I, I've been look, thinking about, you know, so when I first started going through this and doing research, obviously, one of the first things I did was go see a therapist, right? Because I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know um, and how to process all of this. And sure. then doing, you know, a lot of research on my own, you know, about grief. You come across, you know, you know Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's Five Stages of Grief. And, and sure. you know, that, that just really didn't work for me. And, what, you mm. know, again, I, I know I'm referencing a lot of things that you've said, but it's only because I've learned really so much from listening to you, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you had mentioned once that you, you know, you were looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that, you know, and that mm -hmm. it stops at self-actualization, but that there should be a step above that, right? Others. Yeah. Actually, wow. I haven't said that in very many places. You have been a good student. You've been, you've been following closely. That's so great, Phil. I really have because your, your work has completely changed my life. I mean, I, I, I went from, I know I'm supposed to be doing something to doing the work that you tell people to do actually sitting down and doing the hard thinking and yeah. came up, you know, with my uniqueness, which I currently have as resilience. Um, okay. And, um, well, so, and it, so let's just, let's just kind of walk through the process here a little bit. Okay. Uh, e even though I know some of this is a, is a little bit of overlap between brand builders group stuff and, and what we're doing here, but it's the same is, you know, the Genesis is answering in one word, what problem do I solve? That is the Genesis of really any business, but certainly any personal brand, certainly any message. Yes. Um, do you feel like you're, you're, you're clear on that one word? Cause that's, we can't move forward unless we have that nailed. I do. I do. So that word for me is despair. Oh man. Well, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, just, you know, you're, that is the thing, right? Is have you walked through it? Like, have you, have you been on, have you been on that path? Have you lived through it? Um, that, I mean, it's not, I don't want to use the word. That's a great one. Does that's a very difficult one, but that, that I love that alignment for you. Nobody would be able to look at your life and go, oh yeah, this guy doesn't understand what despair is. So I, whew, I get gooseies. Um, all right. So, so I love, I love that now. So once we know what the problem is, right. The, the, the thing is we have to figure out, you know, basically, you know, the problem, what the problem is in one word, then we got to figure out what is the answer or the solution in one sentence. Okay. Um, of, all right, if I'm struggling with despair, how do I solve that issue in my life? And this is the hardest work. The hardest work is to nail it in one sentence, which is the irony, right? Of course, why most books don't break through the through a wall and most speakers don't break through and don't change life is because they can't boil their entire message into one sentence. Same would be true for any company. So are you, do you feel like you're, you're crystal clear on how to overcome despair in one sentence? You know, I've been bouncing between two, but yes, okay. the, the, the one that I've, that I've, that I've stuck with the most is focus on what you can control. Okay. The um, other, what's the, the other one? The other one was like face the storm instead okay. of you know, a, a very similar to the, the, the cow and the buffalo story. The buffalo. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so face, face the storm is definitely not it because that is, um, 
you know, that's a metaphor and, and you want your message to be super practical. This is not your external marketing message that goes on your website, right? This is your internal message. That is, is your truth. So face, face the storm is too abstract and obscure. Um, I think so focus on what you can control would satisfy the characteristics of a good message. It's a, it's a command. It's clear. It's actionable. I guess my question is, which is really the most important question is, and and this is true for anyone who's trying to create content is, is this true for you? Is this what you actually did? Um, when you struggled with despair, that what a lot of us tend to do is we look at what other people say about that topic, but mm. the, the whole core of where uniqueness comes from and the whole reason we orient this around, you know, in the brand DNA helix is, you know, what have you lived through is because we don't, we don't want the answer. We don't want an answer. We don't want all the answers. Uniqueness is about finding your answer. What was the thing that you did? And so, can you tell me with absolute certainty that that is what you have done in the last six years since you lost your son to, to help you move through it? Partially, but I think the, the biggest thing that comes to mind as you're asking me these questions is knowing that the best version of myself, the, the version that, that God has placed in my heart is, is still there and that I, 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 that I must keep going. That, you know, although, you know, you're going to, somebody's going to go through something tragic. Yes, there's going to be a time of grief and, 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 and pain that's unimaginable, but it's a choice not to live there. You know, that is my choice to not live there. And I, I, my belief in that God is going to use me, you know, even prior to Perry, it was something that I felt. So, you know, knowing that there's, there's a bigger play out there for me and knowing that if, if I, if I don't, if I don't take action and I don't do something to try and help other people get through this, um, that, that would be a failure for me. Um, and, and that I would not be doing what I know God is calling me to do. So I think it's just, I guess it was knowing that, that there's, that there was a way for me to use this situation to help other people, um, and I, I knew that I was confident that, that something would come up in a way where I could, I could do that. Um, I'm not sure if that answers, answers the question wholly. Um, but I guess mm-hmm. it's just knowing, knowing that there is a higher calling on my life. So there is a phrase, three words that you said when we started this conversation and then you just said it twice in this last monologue that you just that you just just gave me. You said it twice, mm-hmm. and the words were "help other people." Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that is what your message is. Okay, that the key to overcoming despair. And the way to move out of your own despair and your own grief is to help other people. 
Yes, yes, yes. And that's, that's, that's something I'm saying all the time. You know, that's when people ask me, why do, what's your why? Why do you want to do this? It's all about other people, you know, and thinking about, you know, the, the going back to the five stages thing to think that that acceptance is the top level. Like to me, that's maybe a step above resignation. You know, I mean, it's going beyond that and taking what you've learned to again, help other people get through that. So, right. That's, that's, that, that is it because, you know, like you're saying, uh, like your uniqueness was resilience. And, um, I, I, you know, I, it's not that I don't like the concept of resilience. I, I very much do like the concept of resilience and there's certainly a lot of economical value in preaching that message, but the, the concept of resilience is, is kind of like you become stronger but as you talk this out, I don't hear you saying the way I have made it through this season of my life is by me becoming stronger. I hear you saying the way I came through this season of my life was by focusing on how I, I God was going to use this in my life to help other people, to serve others, which is not resilience. Okay. Um, it's, it's much more about, so, so, you know, I, I, uh, it's, it's much more about is service or purpose or meaning. And I think, I think that your uniqueness is probably around that because the uniqueness is a one word distillation of the message, right? So if help other people is the message, which what a beautiful message, right? If, if like what you were saying there about how grief you know, and I'm using your words, not mine, because I, I, I fortunately, um, I don't, I haven't experienced yet in my life, this level of, of, of loss or grief. I'm not looking forward to the day that it, it one day will happen. But, um, the concept of it's a choice to stay there. Like you said, you know, grief is something that happens. It's an important part, but ultimately it's a choice to stay there. And the, the reason that we stay in grief is because we stay focused on ourself. The way to break out of that is to help other people. Like helping other people is the path through the pain. It is, it is the path through the despair, through the grief is, is when you can transform that hurt into helping someone else, you, you kind of heal yourself in the byproduct in, in as a byproduct or in the process. So that's what I hear you saying um, that I think is going, man, that's unique and that's moving and that's super powerful. Thank you. I mean, this is, this was one of the, one of the things I was most looking forward to, you know, having you hurt, having seen, you do listen to you doing these other type of interventions. I mean, obviously you are blessed with a gift in helping other people. And I just want to, I want to say that, you know, oftentimes I've heard you say, I'm not even sure if 50% of my content is, you know, worth is helping other people. And I want to <laughs> let you know that it is, it very, very much is. And it did for me. So, so thank you for helping me, you know, get clarity on that. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Um, you know, it, it truly is, 
it is a byproduct of having other mentors in my life reflect things back to me for so long. I mean, I think it's ironic that the thing that I most struggled in my career, in my career was branding and positioning and understanding what it meant. And that's part of God using that in my life to prepare me to do the things uh, that me and AJ and our team, our team at Brand Builders Group do specifically. But, you know, this is true for any business, for any entrepreneur is just what problem do you solve? How do you solve it in one sentence? And the more that you have clarity about that, the more that you then, that's an internal moniker. And then you align the external stuff around that. Now in, in the world of personal branding, again, just, just to give you sort of like direction to head off, you know, Phil is, um, so now I feel like your, your internal positioning is pretty clear, right? You got, okay, I exist in the world to help people, you know, deal with despair. What a, what a profound clarity for your life to go. I'm dedicating the rest of my life to helping other, you know, people overcome despair. And then you go, okay. And what is that message of how to do that in one sentence? And your, your instruction to them is exactly what you're doing. Help other people. Mm -hmm. Um, as you help other people, you'll move through that despair. Now circling back to your original question, which is how do I create amazing content out of that? Right? Like how, how do I create the content out of that? And, and so what we would do is we would extrapolate from, from this point, we would extrapolate this into pillars, what we call pillars, but they would be buckets or themes. Um, and, and again, you know, there's a lot to be said for being familiar with what is written about in the space, what other people say, uh, you know, research that's out there, but your uniqueness lies mostly in getting present to what did you actually do? So there is a great distance between I lost my son with no notice in, in, in a way that I will never have resolution to help other people. That's a, that's a huge distance to traverse. And for somebody who just experienced despair right now, like if they happen to be listening to this episode right in this moment, it, it probably feels not only unrealistic, but, but possibly insensitive and even angering about the idea that you would say something like that. And yet you're saying it not because you're calling them out, but because you're trying to pull them out and show them this, this health, but you know, how this will transform their life and heal their life. But so what you have to do is you have to go, okay, you know, the, the, the beginning point is despair the end, the end point is, you know, purpose or meaning uh, you, we need, you need to, in brand builder speak, you need to work on your uniqueness and figure out what is, what is that one word distillation of help other people, but it's probably meaning purpose, service, something like that. And so you got to go, okay, what are the stepping stones to that place? Like you mentioned grief, right? So, you know, grief is probably a, you know, may, maybe it, it happens. And so the first thing you want to do is kind of organize these high level buckets that represent the journey that somebody has to go on to move from, Oh my gosh, I can't breathe. My life is over. I maybe don't even want to live anymore to I'm going to dedicate my life to serving others. And you got to figure out, okay, how do I step someone through 
all of the necessary elements for, for proper healing. It's not just ignore it and, you know, go out and start a soup kitchen, right? There is a, there's a, there's a, a, an appropriate and a proper way to do this, you know, delicately. And so you create the themes that, you know, we call them pillars. If they were books, they would be chapters. And then inside of each pillar, you do the same thing that we just did with your overall brand positioning, which is you narrow down each pillar or each chapter or each lesson, if it were a, a video course or something, to one message, one instruction, one command, one sentence. So that is, you basically, you got to do the same thing for each chapter as we just did for the whole book. Um, but you first got to nail the pillars, then you nail the message, you know, the one idea of each chapter. And then we start to build around that with stories and frameworks and anecdotes and illustrations and um, exercises and all these other things that we add to it, which, you know, maybe you've seen some of that. If you haven't yet, you, you will soon, but that you got to nail the, nail the pillars, but nothing else matters until you nail the foundation, which I think, I think we've got it pretty well dialed in after today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yes. That's, that's, that's the stage that I'm in now is trying to, to do just that because, you know, I, I don't want it to be just, um, metaphors, you know, or I, I want to be able to have, you know, a solid plan of helping somebody get through that. And I've got it. I've got pieces of it. It's not as dialed in, um, as that I'd be ready to nail down the pillars and then, you know, the, the four steps underneath the pillars that, you know, and, and that's great. I mean, this, this, this process is, is one that you create and test, you create and test, right. You, and that's the other reason why I said, don't do the Ted talk yet. Okay. Do the Ted talk after you've created this process, you've tested it. And after, after, after you've had 500 people go through it and they say, this changed my life. Now okay. you're ready for a Ted talk. Now you're ready for a book deal. Now you're ready for good morning America. Like now you're ready for the big national podcast tour, right? Like, because it's, it's no longer a hypothesis. It's a conclusion. It's it. And, and, and that is one of the big mistakes that, that people make. So now, as part of the hypothesis, you're going to do some, you're going to do media interviews and speaking engagements along the way. And you're kind of, you know, testing it out and testing it out and, and, and doing that. But the, but the big, big national things, even though we all want them or think we want them, it's, it'd be possible to get that at the wrong time. What you really want to be laser focused in on is changing, fi- change, go change 500 lives. Mm-hmm. And when you've changed 500 lives, to where they're saying to you some of the kind of, you know, really generous things you're saying to us about going like, Hey, you said this and it worked and you said this, that's because when I said it to you, it wasn't the first time, right? Like we've said it a thousand times. That's what you want to do. And and once you have that, you go, okay, you know, now I know what I'm talking about. Isn't theory. It, it actually works. It actually helps people and your, your customers, your clients, the coaching you do along the way will, will refine it. Um, by the way, on that note, here's one other thing I want to say. When you introduced your primary business model, you said speaking was your primary business model and one day you want to do coaching. Yes. I'd flip those. Okay. In the short term, I would, fo- I'd focus more on coaching. Okay. For a couple reasons. One Getting paid to speak is not an easy thing. And and if you've heard my story, you know, I spoke 304 times for free before I got paid. Going out and speaking for free is a great thing for you to do. 
as a marketing mechanism, but not as the not as the business model, right? That's what you do to generate leads. I think the thing that you want to sell is coaching. One, because it's it's hard to break into high paid speaking gigs. Two, mm-hmm. you have to test your content more so that when you go step out on stage, it's tested and it's vetted. Um, three, speaking as a long sales cycle. Even if if someone books me for a keynote today, sometimes it's not for 12 months. So you have a cash flow problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about speaking is it's a complicated decision-making process. It's, you know, five people around a meeting planning committee boardroom that have to decide, you know, with you. The other thing is there's a lot of competition, right? You're competing with everyone else that's out there. But when you're coaching, it's one person who has a problem, who says, I'm struggling and I feel like you can help me. They can make the decision. They have the problem. They believe you can help them. They can sign up, they can pay, and you're transforming their life by tomorrow afternoon. Mm. Um, So I would, long-term, if you want to get to speaking, fine, great. But short-term primary business model, coaching is going to be a better vehicle for money it's, it's going to be a more immediate way to create true um, impact. Um, also, the nature of what you do with despair lends itself to a little bit of privacy, you know? And, and, and here's, the, here's the other biggest reason why. Your coaching clients are going to write the content for you. Because they're going to come to you and say, I'm struggling with this. And now I'm, now I'm struggling with this. And now I'm struggling with this. And now I'm struggling with this. And so all you got to do is, is you have some real life customers. They're, they're telling you what they need. They're, they're helping you create it in the right sequence. It should be created. Um, you know, it's a little bit like they're a testing ground, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's a, it's a participatory part of the process. And so uh, another place where people get tripped up is they try to create these concepts that are abstract. Like I'm going to create content. I think the reason why our content has been so um, pragmatic over the years is because by the time you ever hear it on stage or on a podcast or in a book, we've had that conversation with hundreds of coaching clients. And so we've refined it to be able to say, oh, you know what we learned? You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Why? We didn't, we didn't know that at first. We knew it after a hundred coaching calls and we went, oh my gosh, this is what happens with everybody. So you need to do that and you'll make money faster. Um, uh, now, long-term coaching isn't as scalable, but you know, if you have to replace an income of being a, a sales manager at a high tech company, you know, that's a legit income. I don't know what, what you were making. You don't have to share it here, certainly, but I know it's something a lot more than you'll make your first year as a keynote speaker. I promise you that much. So I would say, you know, focus on uh, may, maybe at least consider, you know, going after and see if you can get some coaching clients. Cause you're, the other thing is most of all, you're going to change lives faster. Right. No, that's, that makes perfect sense that, that I love that. And, you know, and I just, I just want to make sure that, you know, um, um, you know, that what you said earlier about it may come off as insensitive the way that I said it, you know, about, um, um, you know, getting, not the way that you said it. Okay. I, I don't think the way you said it, I think okay. it's just, 
for someone who's, I mean, imagine if, you know, the moment you found that out about your son, I was like, Hey, you need to go out and serve other people. You'd be like, what? I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) So it's not about, it's not about the way you said it. I'm just saying there's a distance there. This is an emotional journey. You're taking people on a deep emotional journey. Yes. So if you can, if, and and they want to go on it and they need it and you are, you are the person to do it, Phil. This is the calling of your life. This is what you were born to do. There is no doubt in my mind that this is why you were put here on this earth. And this is why you've gone through the things that you have done. There are so many other people going through despair and grief, and they're going to have no idea what to do. And you're going to show up and be able to help them um, with your personal story. And then also with the process that you create out of this. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. I was that's that's so helpful. I, I really needed that 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 bit of clarity. So that's why I was so excited about this opportunity because I knew you were going to be able to help me with that. So thank you so much, Rory. Well, my brother, you you are welcome. Uh, you help us. We're just here reflecting things back to you. Um, but uh, I mean, you are the reason why we do what we do. Um, and uh, you, it's this beautiful reciprocity that um, you gain meaning. You gain meaning for your life by serving other people. And then as you serve other people, they bring more meaning back in, into your life. So we wish you the best. We'll be watching you closely, um, both inside a brand builders group. And, uh, we'll have to have you back here at some point in the future on the success line to hear how it's going and all the people you're helping. I would love that. Thank you. Wow, that was inspiring and um, heartbreaking, that conversation with Phil. I mean, to lose your son out at sea and not know what happened. I can't, I can't even imagine. Um, I can't even imagine what that was like and and what what an amazing attitude i mean what a just an amazing outlook and perspective i mean it's not even it doesn't even feel right to call it an attitude just a perspective on life uh i genuinely don't know that i would be able to look at things the way that phil is if i went through the same thing that's scary i mean that's a scary thought and a scary situation but uh i mean i adore i adore that guy what what an what an amazing an amazing story and uh, a heart a heart uh, several heartwarming lessons and you know some very practical business takeaways here related to aligning your purpose with what you do to make profit right like aligning your aligning your business and how you make money with the calling of your life and I feel like this is just a huge trend in general with the world. And I think it's probably um, because so many so many digital tools do exist where it is so clear and possible that you know, anybody really can take their passion and, and their hobby and turn it into something that makes enough money to, to, for them to live off of. And so there is this huge trend and this huge, amazing opportunity. We live in a time where where we can make our work 
and, and how we make money align with our mission and uh, how we live our purpose. And so there's three, three big themes or three big takeaways that stuck out to me from that conversation about how to do that, right? Like if I was going to, how to, how to align, you know, purpose and profit, how to align money and mission, um, how, how to align our career and our calling, um, three, three things. Number one, figure out what problem you solve in one word. I mean, this is, this is the first exercise that we give to all of our clients. And, and it is the most important, it is the most important question. It is the most significant part of an, of a, of an entire personal brand strategy. And, you know, our curriculum, just to give you some context, we have one curriculum and inside of that curriculum are 12 different two day events. And I'm telling you out of all of that, the number one most important thing is the very first thing. It all starts with this question. What problem do you solve in one word? Um, and you know, my, my dear friend and mentor, David Averin used to always drill this into my head when I was a kid. He used to, he used to say, Rory, like, what have you earned the right to talk about? What have you gone through? What do you do as well as anyone else in the world? Like what problem can, can you help other people solve? And if you can't nail that, if you don't know what problem your brand or your business or your product or your service solves, like if you don't know what problem it solves, there's no way that anyone else is, is ever going to, which means it's really hard for them to hire you. Um, and so nailing that and, you know, to hear Phil talk about despair, it was like, oh yeah, bingo, duh, obviously. And that, that's how it should be for you. And now it's, it's not, it's not always obvious to find it. I mean, that's, you know, frankly, why a lot of people hire us is because we're really good at helping them, them find it and see it. But it, once you find it, it's like, oh yeah, you can't argue with that. Right. Like you're, you know, you, you, you couldn't really make a case that Phil doesn't know what it's like to live through despair. And a lot of times you're just so close to it, but, but most entrepreneurs are, are lazy about this work. I'll say flat out lazy. Uh, they don't want to do the work of honing in what problem do they solve? They, it's easier to just, you know, throw up a bunch of products and a bunch of services, doing a bunch of things and always coming up with random new ideas that take us off in random directions. You got to nail and, and get clear about, what problem am I solving? And, and, and by the way, cause it's like, it's, we're not just about making money here. It's about accomplishing and serving a need in the world. And so what problem do you solve in one word? And then also how do you solve it in one sentence? Like you got to be able to answer that clearly. If you can't answer that clearly, then guess what you're going to do? You're going to run off in a thousand directions. You're going to spit a whole bunch of different concepts and ideas. You're going to create a bunch of products and services. And you have this, you end up with this random smattering and smorgasbord of, of ideas and, or inventions. And you lack the, the precise pristine, powerful clarity of going, this is the problem we solve and this is how we solve it. And this laser focus, um, that goes out and, and gets the job done. And so again, whether you're a personal brand, whether you're an author, speaker, coach, consultant, or, or you're a, an entrepreneur with a startup or you're running a big organization or big team, it's like, 
are you clear and are your people clear on what problem are we solving for here? Really, really important. Um, number two um, is a great reminder that it's very possible to do the right thing at the wrong time. It's very common that people do the right thing at the right time or excuse the right thing at the wrong time. We always hear, you know, it's about doing the right things right. It's not about doing the right things right. It's about doing the right things right at the right time. Um, and, and, and so many of us, you know, driver type, A type personalities like, like Phil admitted to is we just want to skip straight to the end and just be like, Oh, I just want to skip the end, go to the, go to the shortcut. And it's like, no, there's a, there's a sequence and a process. You need to understand what problem you're solving before you create the product. Then, you know, you have to create the product before you, you, you can accurately, you know, market the product and you got to know what the product is before you can have the sales team to sell the product. And then before you, before you can run paid ads to that product and people try to shortcut all these steps and they end up, you know, piecemealing this rickety boat together that, you know, can't withstand much, much, much pressure. Um, and then they wonder why their business falls apart because they're trying to speed ahead. They're trying to take the escalator. You need to take the stairs. Um, and you know, I loved, I, I, I've been reminded of my friend, Sean Cannell's quote. This is one of my favorite quotes. Definitely one of my favorite things from Sean, use your season of obscurity to prepare you for your season of popularity. Give yourself permission that it's okay to not be famous right away. It's okay to not be on, on, you know, the, 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 the Inc magazine's fastest growing companies. It's okay to not have a million followers. It's okay to not be on national TV. It's okay to not have the big titles or the big teams or the big offices or the, or the nice cars or the big houses. Like it's okay to not have any of that stuff. Trust the process, focus on helping people, create something beautiful, spend time developing it, steadily grow and get better and better and come back each and every day. And that will prepare you for your season of popularity, which by the way, will come and it will come quickly once you have all that nailed down. But if, if you're not doing that, it's a house of cards. It's, you're just racing to build a house of cards. That is, uh, not, not what you want to be after. And then the third, you know, takeaway and, uh, you know, just the, the thing that I will walk away from that conversation with Phil that I think will stick with me for the rest of my life is, is just his, his outlook on, on what happened. And it is just a, a great reminder that the pain that we're going through is preparing us for the person that we one day need to become for someone else. The pain that we're going through is preparing us to become the person that we one day need to be for someone else. And we need that perspective. We have to have that perspective to help us get through pain. And it is true. If, if, you know, in Phil's case, if for no other person than me hearing his story and hopefully you of, of just how profound and insightful, uh, and inspiring it was. And, uh, uh, for us, for me, for you, and the same is true about you that the, the difficulties you're going through 
It's not about you. You're not doing anything wrong and you didn't do anything to deserve it other than the fact that you're being prepared. You're being shaped. You're being strengthened. You're being molded. You're, you're being formed. You're, you're, you're being modeled. You're being made into the person that you one day need to become for someone else. So keep that in mind. Know that someone else out there needs you. Keep coming back here week after week on the success line. We'll keep you inspired. We'll keep you motivated. We'll keep you prepared. We'll see you next time. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate, review, and most of all, tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.